Rico, Alex Ramirez, back at the final word. Uh, basically, Alex, 98.1 FM. I'm getting used to saying it. How long have we been on 98.1 now? Since uh, February. So what are we on? Three, four months? Yeah, four February, yeah. Yeah, unbelievable, yeah. man. And just getting better and better each and every week. Uh, before we go out and try and get all of our good friend Rick Upchurch, let us tell you a little bit about Raz Gannat and Gannat Jewelry Atelier. And we just saw Raz uh, over at Dr. Yeah, Natkin's grand opening. Grand opening, mm-hmm. and boy, he just—he looked like a million dollars. These guys always do. And the jewelry that he creates is are just—it seems like one masterpiece after another. Well, you have something being worked on, Joey. My I fiance do. got a ring there as well. So we're testimonials to, uh, to Raz's uh, brilliance and his dad Itchik, uh, practicing uh, the, in the in, in the North Cherry Creek area for the last thirty-five years. Joe, located a second in. in uh, in uh, Columbine, uh, right there, right in front of the Halcyon Hotel, literally across the street. And you walk in there, Joe, he wants to be part of the romance. He wants to be part of the whole selection process because he loves that. As far as uh, conveniency, he also um, does a lot of restorations with some of the heirlooms that if you feel like you have something that you want to restore or you want uh, something to savor and get passed along to your to your children as you get older, uh, Raz is the guy to go with to go to. Uh, he he has been voted Denver A list best home jewelry designer for I believe now nine years in a row, and he's very modest about it. And I think it's actually ten, but he's, it's 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 an award that he continues to win every year because. What he does is he brings happiness to your to your purchase. Uh, he not only that, but he's a great philanthropist. He he's always giving back to organizations here in Colorado. And and now that the pandemic is slowly starting to wind down a little bit, now it's going to be Razo season, as what Doctor Nacken calls him. Uh, it's going to be a time where you're going to really see his philanthropy grow and give back because that's what he does. He always says Colorado's been good to his family, so it's time to you know pay it forward and, and turn around and be good to the, the Colorado people. That's going to not jewelry Italia, Joey. Uh, once again, you cannot go wrong with Raz and his dad, Itchik, second in Columbine, across the street from the Halcyon Hotel. And, uh, Joe, it's it's amazing that now that he's working on something for Bernadette, right? And Bernadette's uh, I was going to say, uh, I was in the middle of saying that Bernadette yeah. does not know about this project oh, yet. Sorry. It's supposed to be a surprise, but it's okay. It's okay. It's not a big deal. Well, you know, but the, the point is, she have I said it every week? Maybe. Well, you know what, Bernadette? If you're listening, honey, you know now that Roz is working on a beautiful piece of jewelry for you. Hey, either way, it's good they're, stuff. They're close today, Joe. Open uh, uh, Tuesday through Saturday. Give them a call, 303-355-5050. That's Gennad Jewelry, Chatelier. Well, and of course, our next guest is somebody that I met about six, seven years ago at a Denver Broncos game covering the Broncos Chiefs. And I looked up and... I got to see a, a guy who was a childhood hero of mine. I, I wore number 80 in, in Little League because of this guest. And Rick Upchurch is a guy that uh, should be in the Hall of Fame in my mind, as should a lot of return men. And we'll talk a little bit with Rick about that. And a guy that is just uh, somebody I've always continued to admire outside of the game. What a wonderful family man. We know his wife, Donna, of yep. course. <clears throat> and, you know, just uh, always by his side. And Rick, just good morning to you, first of all. And I want to say I really enjoyed our conversation earlier and you know it got me to thinking after you talked and I talked about the lack of return men 
in the Hall of Fame, including yourself. And boy, we came up with a long list of guys that, you know, just really no, no notoriety. Brian Mitchell and and I think we said uh, yourself, Billy White Shoes. Uh, there was like three or four other guys that Eric we talked Metcalf. to. Eric Metcalf. And uh, I think uh, Alex Alex Vaisikahima is a guy, you know, just guys that just... Why Dante is, Hall. Dante yeah. Hall, absolutely. Yeah. Why is it that these guys who, who have been a huge part, and of course I think we're missing the biggest one, who's, I don't know if he's eligible or not yet, is Devin Hester, of course, who I consider with you. I think you're the best punt returner I've ever seen. I think Devin Hester is the best kickoff returner I've ever seen. Where do you stand, uh, you know, as far as the return guys and the lack of respect? Why do you think that is, and, and how do we get that to change? Because I think that that's a, a big part of the game that's just left untold. And good morning to you. Good, good morning, Joe. Good morning to you all. I'm happy to be with you uh, this morning. Honor and a pleasure. Uh, Joe, I, I really don't know. I don't understand. Here, here's, here's where I have the problem. You have kickers that are in there. You have Morton Anderson. And you also have Ray Guy that are in. And if you have kickers that are in there, then you should definitely have people that have returned the ball. I mean, that just makes sense. And and I also look at when you talk about records and things of that nature, uh, you know, in the National Football League, when you look at them, I mean, a quarterback, he has yardage, he has touchdowns, he has all of those things that, that, that count for him with – getting into the Hall of Fame, right, and and win, that's for sure. But also, when you have records as far as punt return, kickoff return is concerned, you get far few and in-between opportunities. We're not on the field that much. But when you make a difference in the game or win a game, or if you keep the uh, team in good field position, right, offense, man, shorter field, and then also, man, you set the standard in the National Football League, just like a quarterback or a running back set standards, what has happened that the, now that our standards are diluted and they don't count as far as getting into the Hall of Fame? It just makes no sense to me. Yeah, you're right. And good morning to you, Rick Uptrich, Alex Ramirez. Uh, we've had you on before in the past, and it's always a pleasure for, for you making time for us. We appreciate that. Uh, let me go over some of your records, some career accolades that you've accomplished while playing for the Denver Broncos. First team NFL 1970s All-Decade Team, second team NFL 1980s All-Decade Team. If you think about what I just said, that's two decades you were voted. 20 years. That's a, that's a, that speaks volumes of your career. Denver Broncos Ring of Fame inductee in 2014. Denver Broncos 100 team member, first team Denver Broncos, 50th anniversary team selection. You were a three-time first-time uh, for, three first team All-Pro selection, four Pro Bowls, Tied for fourth in punt returns, touchdowns, and NFL history. Not Bronco history, NFL history. Fifth in punt return uh, average in NFL history. Eleventh in career punt returns in NFL history. Most career punt return yards in franchise history. Most career punt return yards in single season franchise history. Most all-purpose yards in a single season by a rookie and in franchise history. Most all-purpose yards in a single game by a rookie or in franchise history. Third in career of all-purpose yards in franchise history. Second receiving yards. Oh, this is a long list, buddy. Second in career receiving yards in a single game by a rookie in franchise history. When I point out all those records, 
What is the most important record for you? Was it a record? Was it your teammates? Was it your, was it the fans, or was it just you? Your, your your desire to get to play in the NFL and get paid to play a, a game and and call that a career? Tell me about that. Well, certainly, Alex is my team. I was raised uh, about team. Uh, you win championships with team, and that's what I was always raised on. That each individual on that team is important. If a number one guy goes down. That means the guy next in line, man, has to step up. So my team that I played with was more important than any of those records because now we go to the Super Bowl, something that a lot of players haven't had an opportunity to do. And how do you do that? You do it with team. You win with team. But when it comes to individual records, that comes along with it. That's the sprinkles on the cake to me because, once again, that just shows that you're doing your job and you're doing it well and you're making sure that you put the team in great situations to win. Well, I'll tell you what, Rick. I mean, just as I mentioned to you, as a little kid, being in the stadium and watching you return punts, uh, we talked about the San Diego game where you brought two back. And, you know, I mean, just it just doesn't seem that way in the return game anymore. I mean, it seems like they're doing everything they can to eliminate kickoffs and, you know, the punt returns. And, and why are they trying to take out what I thought? I mean, I understand the safety aspect, but is it any more dangerous than any of the other things that they're, you know, trying to eliminate? Because I just think that a lot of the excitement from kickoff returns has been taken out. These guys usually kick it out of the end zone. Ten of nine of ten times. Well, it certainly boils down to money, gang. Because you know, once again, uh, as a punt returner, when you you're looking up in the air and then you look down and you get nailed, or you're running that ball back and you know a head-on collision, boy, you get your bell rang. No fans or butts about it. And so it's certainly the safety aspect of it. But you know, I'm still here. Billy White Shoes is still here. Eric Metcalf is still here. Brian Mitchell is still here. So what they're, I think what they're trying to do is say, well, this is the violent part of the game, so what we need to do is take it out. No, going over the middle of the field, man, and catching a ball and a safety man has an opportunity to knock you out or a linebacker is more painful than returning kicks and punts. So, I, you know, I, don't, I, I just don't buy into, uh, you know, you have more injuries and all that type of stuff on punt and kickoff returns. I just don't. Rick, when uh... – you look at the Broncos' uh, state of the franchise at this time, and let's just say that the trust said, you know what, we're going to give Rick Upchurch the GM hat for the next 12 months, and we're going to see what kind of changes he would make to the current Broncos. Obviously, Elway stepped back and gave his uh, GM role to uh, George Payton, and now he is no longer the guy who's pulling the, the major buttons. But even though I still think that he may have a little bit of say when it comes to the bigger you know acquisitions, but I guess we'll never know because he's he's out in Coeur d'Alene fishing and he's out doing his thing. But when I, when you look at the Broncos now and you see them what they did in the off season and what they've done with the re-signing of Von Miller and some of these these key acquisitions like Justin Simmons, instead of giving him the franchise tag, they gave him the long term extension. And you look at the offensive line, you look at the wide receivers group right now, you look at the defense. What what kind of changes would you make to this current Broncos roster when it comes to this? upcoming season obviously they're beefing up with the secondary trying to stop a Mahomes a Kansas City team but then you got you know Ger uh, Justin Gerber in San Diego uh, Herbert excuse me in San Diego or LA I guess you want to call it LA, yeah, LA, LA. I keep calling it San they were Diego. formerly San Diego LA right. and uh, you see what they're doing out there so this is now becoming a passing league what would you do with the GM hat right now Mr. Upchurch when it comes to the Broncos current state of the team for, look gang for me 
as long as I've been playing this game, and I was a running back in high school and college, if I didn't have them big bodies up in front of me, man, and opening up gaping holes for me to get to and get into the secondary, it doesn't make any difference. If you have a top crack in the wide world, and he's the best quarterback you think that you can possibly get, if you don't have an offensive line that can protect him on his backside, or this is an that whole deal, it doesn't matter. So my priority first is in the trenches. My offense and defensive line. I want some guys in there that like to fight, spit, kick. <laughs> I mean, just get after it and move the line of scrimmage and then to protect my quarterback. All that other stuff will come. And then the next one is my second. I want my secondary and my linebackers to be able to do their job. At linebacker, you got to stop the run in order to pass because, once again, play action in this passing league is huge. Get those linebackers to suck up in that old deal. So I'm looking at my secondary, man, to make sure, man, like you said, that the Tyreek Hills and all the big tight ends that are out there, they're finding those mismatches in that old deal. So I'm going to go with my, my defense and offensive line, and then I'm going with my secondary. I'm going to shore them up. Well, I'll tell you what, the the things you talk about, I just remember the teams you played on and the offensive lines, you had some scrappers. Dave Studdard and I have done radio together quite a few times, and, you know, Dave was a, a, definitely a scrapper, and Claudie Minor, and, you know, I, I remember Bobby Maples and these guys, and they seemed to me to be guys that would hit and and, call, and spit, and, and, of course, my boy Alex Ramirez is a big left tackle himself for the Green Mountain Rams and could have played college ball. Ball, you know, if he if he would have probably developed a little more, Alex would have been a college guy. He had some college I, I was, offers I was too as well. Bu- I was too busy. Well, uh, uh, you, you know, were doing some other things, you know, good, having a good time. Right. But my point is, I mean, that, that that the teams that were successful, I mean, you just nailed it. The, you look at the Broncos and you look at the line of scrimmage in the secondary they had. I mean, didn't you have all those tools on those teams that, well, you know, the Super Bowl teams and the division championship teams you were on? They usually had most of those tools, right? Yes, we did. We certainly did. Lyle Alzado's of the world, the uh, Barney Chavis's of the world, the Reuben Carter's of the world. And then you had the Louis Wrights and the Bernard uh, Jackson and that secondary, Billy Thompson. They were absolutely good, no doubt about it. And we had some excellent linebackers, Bob Swenson, Randy Gratishaw. Tom Jackson. You had Tom Jackson. So we were complete. We were complete as far as our defense was concerned. And then, once again, you had those offensive-defensive linemen. Once again, for Randy, Randy's a great ball player, simply for the simple fact is that those guys kept the linemen off of him because they had to double-team either Ruben or Lyle or any of those guys in order to man to get some movement up in the offensive, up, up in the defensive line in that whole deal. Well, I'll tell you what, Rick. Uh, Alex, you got the last yeah, one. Yeah, just for the last one for me, uh, Mr. Upchurch. I'm going to call him Mr. Upchurch because you were – Playing when I wasn't even alive, um, part, part of your career. So, I, res- I, I respect my one year, Rick. I res- one year, I, I, I respect my elders. So, uh, how has the college game evolved into preparing young student athletes to get into the NFL? Do you think they're doing enough, or do you think that <clears throat> some of these universities, like Alabama, for example, has so many players going in the NFL? They had two uh, pro days. I mean, that's incredible. You go up to Boulder. They have like maybe a half an hour to 45 minutes for, you know, pro days because there's only a couple of potential you know, players that, that can, might be able to play in the NFL. How do you think the, uh, the parity is in, in college, and how do you think that, that they're preparing the student-athlete to get to the NFL? 
Well, the parody to me, it, you know, <laughs> I think it's a little unbalanced in that whole deal because now you got the Alabamas and the Clemsons and and the Ohio states of the world that are getting all the prime players. And and when you look at uh, some of the other uh, teams, you know, you look at the Illinois and you look at the Michigan states and you look at you know some of these other teams in these big conferences. They're getting the secondary players, whereas every year everybody looks at, well, who's got the best, uh, um, you know, kids coming in from high school? Every year it's Ohio State, it's Michigan, it's Alabama, it's Clemson, it's LSU. And so that, to me, that just doesn't give very much parity. And then when you're talking about the second line, let's say somebody gets hurt, that's almost like IMG playing a playing – a, uh, um, uh, just a public school. Yep. There's no other way in the world that it's they true. can they can play, especially if one of their main major guys get hurt. Excellent point. IMG, they can go to their second guys and still be able to compete around the country. So, yeah, I think there's a little imbalance out there. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Well, I'll tell you what, man. We, it was a blessing to speak with you today. I just want to say, you know, you'll always be. We know Mark Jackson as well. He's a yeah, personal Mark friend Jackson of both says of us. There's only one number, right? 80. And he does. And Mark Jackson himself, and you know Mark, of course. So you share a special bond with him and Rod. And uh, I don't know if we're going to include Julius Thomas or not. That's up to you. No, but no, 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 but it, he's not on the level of you guys. But but you, Rod, and Mark, I think epitomize what that number really means to this franchise. And I I just want to let you know you'll always be the number 180 in our minds well you know thank you so very much but once again it's not so much the number guys the guy that's wearing that number and what he puts into the game and what he brings to the game and also let me tell you another thing that's so important that everybody overlooks is leadership leadership in that locker room we had the Lyle Alzados we had the Grandy Gratishars we had the Billy Thompson. Those type of guys were leaders in that locker room, making sure that we were professional and we did everything right. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, please let us have a chance to visit with you as we get closer to the season. It'd be great. And we'll, we'll call you up as the weather gets a little cooler. Cause I know you're, you're going to be warm. Home are, you, are you still in grand junction? Rick? Yeah. Where, where are you at now, Rick? No, no, I'm in Las Wages, man. I'm I thought so. Well, we'll be out there in July, the 7th, 16th through the 19th, me and the family. So we'll probably give you a call. Maybe we can go have dinner. Man, come holler at me, man. We can go break bread, big Let's dog. do it, man. But we, we'll be out there at that uh, Tahiti Village Resort. I haven't been uh, there okay, before. Okay, I know where you're at. Yep. Yeah, so I'll, I'll at. call you when we get into town. It'd be great for you to meet my wife and family and, and let us buy you and Donna some dinner. That would be wonderful for us. Honor and a pleasure, gang. Hey, we'll talk to you then, and and let's we'll touch we'll touch base at that time. Hopefully, we can get you on in August or September and see what this Bronco team really looks like after you got a chance to see training camp a little bit. Sounds like a winner, gang. Hey, be blessed, stay blessed. That is our man, the number eighty, Rick Upchurch, definitely a Ring of Famer, and Alex, I think a Hall of Famer. You should be considered at least on the senior ballot, Jerry. Absolutely, man. Get your, yeah, all the Woody Pages of the world, the Gil Whiteleys, all the people of the Adam Schefters. Get Mr. Upchurch on the ballot. And by the way, about five other guys, too, right? Uh, we could go I on. I thought we shut off with Randy Gratishaw. Yeah, first. also, get Randy. Year, yeah, please? please, please, Randy. Yeah, I mean, you got to be in there. Hey, when we get back, 
We got a huge, huge treat for you at 1120, and that's our man, Carmen Leonardo from Carmine Leonardo's Deli. I was out there with him yesterday, and I'll tell you what, man. When I came, I was the only one there. By the time I left, it was a full store. It happens all the time. I mean, it happens all the time. The best Italian deli in Colorado, and he knows his sports, too. We'll ask him about the Nuggets, Avs, and more when you return to the final word with Joe Rico and Alex Ramirez on 98.1 FM. Presented to you by Gennat Jewelry Atelier, Mile High Sports. Oh, yeah. If you suck, say it and flown it.